Hello, my beautiful Tropicanas. Welcome back to the Ricardo Project, the podcast where I watch through I Love Lucy episode by episode and talk about its historical, comedic, and emotional impact. My name is Dana. I'm so happy that you've joined me today. Uh, We are one more episode away from getting my old mic back. I really appreciate you sitting with me while I continue to quarantine out of an abundance of caution, uh, upstate away from my usual equipment. And I apologize if the sound quality is not quite what you're used to today. So today we are talking about episode 12 of season one, The Adagio, which premiered 70 years ago today, December 31st, 1951. And I'm actually going to switch things up a little bit. Usually I do historical notes at the end of the episode, but I'm going to begin with um, a quick historical note on the dance that they're talking about in this episode, because I think it's important context to have before we get started. So before we go any further, I just want to say that the dance is actually pronounced Apache. The characters in the episode we watched this week pronounce it Apache, but for the rest of the episode, I'm going to say Apache because that's the correct original French pronunciation of the dance, just so we're all on the same page. So the Apache dance is really interesting. And and to be honest, I was a little uncomfortable watching this because it, it was kind of presented as this art, as this creative piece that was kind of about violence. And it made me a little uncomfy, but I found this great article from a Stanford professor about the Apache dance and how it's not quite as, uh, black and white as, maybe it appeared in this particular episode. So I think it's a really cool historical context that kind of shows us what we really need to know. So here is a quote from it. It's a really long, really interesting article that I'll link in the description below. This is by Richard Powers. In Irene Castle's words, this was a dance in which the male dancer tries to demolish the female dancer as spectacularly as possible and usually succeeds. Surprisingly, the Apache remained a popular cabaret act for over 60 years, from shortly after 1900 through the 1960s. A common misperception today is that the Apache dance condoned violence against women. Another misconception is that it was male backlash against emerging women's independence and freedoms at the turn of the last century. It's certainly understandable why people might believe these things, given the dramatic appearance of the dance. But the real story is far more interesting than that. In fact, the Apache dance was created by a woman as a statement of independence and empowerment. And without just reading through this, even though I totally could because it's so fascinating, the article goes on to profile a dancer in France named Mistinguet, who this author credits with creating the Apache dance as an act of defiance against women's roles at this time in France. And that... uh, the Apache dance was more a statement on women stepping up and being um, equal players in a, in a public physical arena. And that in many versions of the Apache dance, the man enters the space being very violent and the woman overtakes him or overpowers him in some way, shape or form and ultimately kind of wins. So, I'm going to link this below. It's a very long article. It's super worth your time. It's by Richard Powers. Um, 
But I bring this up at the beginning of this episode as opposed to at the end, because I think it's an important thing to note that it doesn't really seem based on the research that I've done, and I would love to hear from any historians who might be listening who would know more, that I Love Lucy was representing a very watered-down version of the Aposh dance. And I don't blame them for that. I think that ultimately there are 25-minute sitcom. They don't have time to kind of get into things. And they're also an American sitcom in 1951. How much time do they really have to delve into these kind of nuances? They really don't. So so with that in mind, I think we can watch the episode, you know, knowing that historically there's a bit more to it and knowing that historically maybe it wasn't as um, anti-woman as I first believed it was, you know, watching it, I had a very visceral reaction to that part. But then once I started doing research, I was like, oh, they just don't know what they're talking about. Okay, so with that in mind, let's get into what happens in the adagio. So we take a little break from watching Lucy clean every inch of her apartment as every episode begins to uh, everyone finishing a lovely dinner. And Ethel has just finished three pieces of cake like the icon that she is. And she stands up and announces she's going to go put on a new face. And Lucy goes as well with her. And then the Fred Mertz slip and slide into being a bad husband has begun because Fred crosses his fingers and says, Ethel always says she's going to come back with a new face. Here's hoping this time she actually does. So I have, I, I have a fear that my Fred Mertz apology train is coming to an end. Ricky and Fred make fun of the ladies when they come back with their same old faces. And Lucy says, do you ever wish there was something else to marry besides men? And Ethel says all the time. And then at that moment, Ricky realizes he needs to make a phone call to his agent, even though he's like at a social event. Um, to try to locate some Aposh dancers for an Aposh number he wants to do at the club. And uh, this is, you know, the part that doesn't age super well. And I'm not really qualified to talk about it. So I'll just say that Lucy, wanting to get in on the act, performs some, what I guess you could call stereotypical native behavior. And, um, And then Ethel's like, no, 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 no. Not not Apache like the cultural appropriation one, the one about violence against women, you silly goose. And um, Lucy realizes that she's referring to the French Apache dance in which a male dancer violently throws a woman to the ground by the hair. And Lucy begins to act out a one-woman show of this, which even though it's a bit violent and uncomfortable to watch, she does a really great physical performance. Um including like having, you know, getting pulled back by, by her own hand. It's, it's even when something is uncomfortable or hasn't necessarily aged well with 2021 eyes, Lucille Ball performs it so beautifully that you have to admire her craft. And Ricky rejects her immediately says that there's no possible way that she's going to be in the show. Um, and Lucy decides that maybe if she just had a, a good partner, a partner so good that Ricky couldn't reject her, And Fred thinks that this is his moment. He offers Ethel a new hat if she'll kind of upsell him to Lucy so that he can be her partner. So Lucy decides that she's going to give Fred a chance to be her partner and that she's going to let him teach her the Aposh dance. I love this scene between them. It is so fun to see new pairs on the show. We haven't really gotten anything with Fred and Lucy, and they're really fun together. He tries to teach her to dance. It's really not working. She stomps on his feet a couple times. And then he decides he's going to teach her the fight choreography. And uh, he says, 
he says he's going to hurl her to the floor. When he tries to hurl her, she doesn't move at all. But then Lucy very easily throws Fred to the ground. And so we have this really great dynamic where Lucy's a little bit too strong for Fred in this instance. And that was really fun to watch. It was fun to watch Fred really get to be in on the action. See, I still love Fred. I just need him to watch the way he talks about my beloved Ethel Mertz. So right as Fred is about to say uncle, because he is just, I mean, really in over his head as far as as far as Lucy's concerned, Ethel comes back in and she says that um, she's met a man named Jean Valjean Raymond, who is the nephew of the owner of the local French laundry, and he's an aposh dancer. How ironic. So he, Ethel says he can be your partner. He's actually a Frenchman. He's, he's an aposh dancer. He'll come over this afternoon. Fantastic. So Jean Valjean Raymond shows up and he is 100% just Pepe Le Pew in human form. He, he comes in and is immediately like, oh, this is a dance of amour. One must warm up to it while he tries to like kiss Lucy all over. And they have this great line where Lucy's like, get away from me, you freak. And he goes, I cannot help it. There is a pounding in my heart. And she pulls a, like a little tiny frying pan out of seemingly nowhere and says, you better watch out or there'll be a pounding on your head, which is great. Super fun. Um, I think they do a really good job of not having it seem like Lucy's on the run. She's more so trying to maintain her control of the situation, which is um, less uncomfortable, I think, than it could be otherwise. I think this is a very fun scene. So Ricky comes home unexpectedly. So again, just like in Drafted, they hide him in the closet. And we get another really funny bit where Ricky needs his hat and he needs an umbrella, but maybe he doesn't want an umbrella. Then he decides he does. And we just see Jean Valjean Raymond's um, arm shooting out with all of the items from the closet over and over. It's it's very funny, uh, a super lovely visual bit. And then Ricky leaves and Lucy, the queen of boundaries, kicks Jean Valjean Raymond out immediately. Um, but he vows to return to win her heart. So later that night, Lucy and Ricky are getting ready to go to the movies with Fred and Ethel. And right as Ricky goes to shave to get ready to go out, uh, Jean Valjean Raymond is at the window with his nose smashed against the glass. He looks ridiculous. It's very funny. There's another, I mean, there's so many great little visual bits in this, in this episode. There's a great one where Ricky comes out and Jean Valjean Raymond is kind of hanging off the windowsill. So his hands are visible. So Lucy sits next to them and puts her sleeves on them to pretend that his hands are her hands. Um, Ricky gives her a cigarette and she can't move her hands, obviously. So she ha- he has to put it in her mouth and she can't remove the cigarette to exhale. So there's just smoke everywhere. It's very, very funny. And then Jean Valjean Raymond begins to fall. And so he screams. So they get him inside. Ricky asks what he's doing there. <laughs> Jean Valjean Raymond says he's come to elope with Lucy. And then challenges Ricky to a duel and pulls a glove out of seemingly nowhere and slaps him with it. And then Ricky accepts the duel and takes the glove from Jean Valjean Raymond and slaps him with it. It's all very silly and very, very fun to watch. Uh, Jean Valjean Raymond says it's going to be with guns and he pulls out two guns. He says he always has dueling pistols with him and they push Lucy out of the room. And while Lucy yells, I'm not worth it, please like, don't do that. I'm not worth it. And as Ricky closes the door on Lucy and turns around to fight his duel, Jean Valjean Raymond is hiding basically under the bed. And he says, put that gun away before you hurt somebody. So we have a very fun dichotomy of like this kind of performed masculinity and then like the total terror and fear. 
And I love that they did it this way. I love that they didn't make them actually try to fight any kind of duel. I love that it's all just bravado and silliness and that they know it's even a bit extreme. Like the characters know this is extreme. I think it's really, really fun to watch. And I love the turn of that. And I, and then Jean Valjean Ramon says that he wasn't ever expecting Ricky to accept the duel because he was told that American men would be too afraid to duel. And Ricky laughs at that and says, I fooled you with my Brooklyn accent, huh? Um, Jean Valjean Ramon also says that, that he was told American women expect Frenchmen to be romantic and that he was just trying to play the part basically, which is a, a really fun resolution to the, <laughs> this whole debacle. And then he confesses that he's there to teach her the Apache dance. This is when things go crazy. Fred and Ethel and Lucy are all in the living room waiting for the duel to be over and they hear tons of gunshots going off. Because Jean Valjean Raymond and Ricky are firing into the ceiling, which I just feel that that's not their best choice. Firing a gun in the house is never a good choice, but firing it into the ceiling, this is where sitcom logic really takes over. And I'm fine with it, but I was like, oh my God, this is a rental. Um, Jean Valjean Raymond comes out and acts as though he's won the duel that he killed Ricky, which is just horrifying. And of course, Lucy, you know, starts sobbing and says, oh, if I hadn't done the Apache dance, he'd still be alive, which is very silly. So she, you know, in, again, sitcom logic, she learns her lesson. Ricky comes out and shows that he's still alive. It ends in a kiss as always. But then we get this fun little epilogue scene where we see Lucy and Ricky in bed together, which, ooh, sensual for the 50s. And they say goodnight. And as they're about to go to bed, Lucy starts to really think about it. She gets really mad at Ricky and she pours a whole pitcher of ice water on his head and says that that was a very terrible thing to do to trick her into thinking he was dead. And I completely agree with her. But then, of course, it ends, you know, Ricky kisses her and all is well. And it ends in a, it's very sensual the way it ends. Super romantic. They took the French theme well. And that's how the episode ends with a kiss as always. So what did we think of this episode? I kind of gave away my hand at the beginning when talking a little bit historically about the Apache dance, but the whole exercise of this podcast is to watch a show that I loved a lot when I was a kid that holds a lot of nostalgia for me, utilizing the skills that I've developed over the course of getting my degrees and studying the things I've studied and maintaining that enthusiasm for Lucille Ball's work. So of course I'm going to look at it as um, a person in their early thirties in 2021. But at the same time, you know, I, I, I try my hardest to remember that this show was written in 1951. And it's not that, you know, it's not that things become wrong or that things become right. It's that we as a society evolve and recognize what was inappropriate in the past and make those changes. So as uncomfortable as certain elements of this episode made me feel, I don't, you know, I, I, I'm trying to hold space for the fact that in 1951, you know, this was pretty standard. So of course, I think what ages the worst is the description of the Apache dance at the beginning and the way that Ricky and Jean Valjean Raymond get back at Lucy in the end. It's, it's, um, it's, it's kind of a weird comedic gray area because in comedy often, you know, you want to 
do something really extreme and ridiculous. You know, you want to heighten the stakes, you want to heighten the, the scenario. And, you know, tricking Lucy into thinking that Ricky is dead is a way to heighten the scenario, <laughs> certainly is a way to take it to a level 10, you know. We've talked about this before, that kind of the role of the sitcom, the role of these kind of comedies is to take things that are really recognizable and play them in an extra silly way. And this is definitely extra silly, but at the same time, the punishment doesn't necessarily fit the crime. So structurally, it's a bit jarring. Uh, so I think that the kind of the beginning and the end are where they really struggle. Their, their setup and resolution are not my favorite, but I, I do think that the epilogue, while it doesn't necessarily redeem that, that kind of Punch and Judy style ending, it definitely acknowledges the hierarchy and acknowledges the power dynamic and kind of tries to set it right a little bit. And it tells the audience as well that Lucy isn't just some crazy pushover, right? Like that she understands that Ricky went too far, um, even if just for a moment. So I think that that is really uh, useful. All of that said, I think the middle of this episode is really great. I think it holds up. I think it's very funny. And I think if you're going to do, um, you know, like I said, this kind of Pepe Le Pew style of character, this is a really good way to do it. You know, he's all pomp. He's kind of full of it. And, you know, once you really poke him, he's nothing. And I I really liked that characterization. I thought the actor who did it did a really good job. So they do a really fantastic job of making Jean Valjean Raymond and his behavior the thing that we're laughing at. Not that we're laughing at Lucy being chased by, you know, we're not laughing at Lucy being, losing her sense of control or her sense of power. We're laughing at Jean Valjean Raymond climbing a ladder to woo this American woman who wants nothing to do with him or him trying to kiss her when she says, you know, back off. We're laughing at him. And Lucy is pretty firmly in control throughout. So we've got Jean Valjean Raymond being this delusional agent of chaos, and that will age well for a while. And I, and, and so I, I really respect that. And I think if, you know, we've talked about hierarchy before and the balance of power before, I think in the episode on the diet, we talked about that a little bit. And I think that this is a really good example of that. So the person with the kind of structural societal power, Jean Valjean Raval and the man, um, and the physical power, you, you know, he is the center of the jokes because he's being ridiculous. And Lucy, the person who could be at, you know, considered at risk or in danger if this wasn't a sitcom, maintains her composure, maintains her control. And when she tells him to leave, he leaves, Right. He doesn't say he's not leaving. He doesn't, you know, corner her. Um, And so as a result, she maintains the power in in the episode. And we can laugh at how she's in a pickle, but we're not laughing because, you know, she's suddenly powerless. We're laughing because it's, it's a scenario that she has to get herself out of. And I think that's really, really well done. And, you know, it's a sitcom. It has to have a happy ending. So my harping on, on the kind of the, the ending, I mean, what are we going to do? Right. There are certain rules, especially at this time in television, that have to be followed. And so I think we can look at it and think, okay, how is this successful or is it successful within the cons- within the constraints that the show has? And I, I think ultimately this is more successful than not. Um, but I certainly think that it's an episode that isn't talked about or shown that much for a reason because it's 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 got some inherent problems in its setup, but still a lot of value. So one final historical note is that um, Shepard Mencken, who played Jean Valjean Raymond, he's in four episodes of this, including one of my absolute favorites, which is Lucy Becomes a Sculptress. 
Um, he's also in Lucy Has Her Eyes Examined later that year, and he's in the very famous episode Paris at Last, where um, Lucy and Ethel, uh, where, where everyone arrives in Paris. So he is going to show up multiple times, and it seems like at least one more time he's going to be French. So that's kind of a weird, fun thing. So that's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe. Please take a moment to rate and review this on um, Apple Podcasts. If you are so inclined, no pressure. Next week, we're talking about the benefit. And here's the logline for that. Ethel wants Ricky for her club's benefit show, but Lucy wants to be in it too. Pretty standard episode of I Love Lucy, it sounds like. We're getting farther entrenched in this Lucy wants to be a part of the show uh, theme that will carry through the rest of the series. So that'll be fun to see. And I literally have no memory of this episode. So I'm really intrigued to see what it is. I know I've seen it before because I've seen every episode, but I remember nothing. This is the first time I'm seeing a description of an episode and truly have no idea what's coming. So that's it. I will see you next week, January 7th. I hope you have a safe and happy new year. And thank you so much for listening to The Ricardo Project. The Ricardo Project this week was recorded outside of Niagara Falls, New York, at my mother's house. If you'd like to get in touch with me for any reason whatsoever, I would absolutely love to hear from you. You can reach me at thericardoproject at gmail.com or on Instagram at thericardoproject. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate if you would take the time to subscribe and rate and review this podcast wherever you rate and review your podcasts. And if you didn't enjoy this episode, I totally get it. I'm not for everyone. I hope that you have not spent your whole time hate listening to this. And I hope everyone listening has a happy new year.